Edutainment Learning is powered by Academica Virtual Education and Collegia TV. For more information, visit www.edutainmentlearning.com. Hi, I'm uh, Martin Cooper. You can call me Marty. Uh, I uh, created the first cell phone back in 1973, uh, and I'm now uh, trying to advise other people on how they should use cell phones uh, and how the cell phone uh, is improving society. Can you talk to the kids a little bit about in the 1970s when you were at Motorola, how you guys kind of got the idea, you and your team, and what it was like with those first two cellular phones? Well, let me tell you, 1973 was a long time ago. Uh, it's actually before your fathers and mothers were born, uh, and it was a very different world. Uh, it's hard to believe that there were no digital cameras, that there were no personal computers, uh, uh, there, there was no uh, internet, uh, so, uh, and of course there were no cellular uh, telephones. So uh, you almost might think this is a very primitive times. So can you tell the kids about the process of how you guys designed it and what it was like making that first phone call? Well, first let me tell you that uh, I was with a company uh, called Motorola. Motorola is, is still exists, but you probably never heard of it because they make uh, uh, they make two-way radios for police departments for uh, commercial purposes for uh, businesses. Uh, but uh, Motorola at that time uh, was the leader in their industry, uh, and uh, that's the kind of thing that we did. At that time, there was only one telephone company. That's way, way before your time. If you wanted to have a telephone in 1973, you had to rent it from the phone company. And people had one telephone in their house very often. So things are a lot different now. There were no cordless phones then. And then this company, the Bell System, said that we have a new technology that's wireless and we are gonna revolutionize the world. We're gonna make wireless available to everybody. And guess where, what their version of wireless is? They were gonna put cellular phones into cars. The only way that you could have a cell phone was to be in a car. Well, we thought that was ridiculous. If you think about it, how much time do you spend in your, in your cars, in your folks' cars? Not very often. We believed, that the only way to communicate, the way a telephone should be, it should be able to carry it with you all the time uh, and have access to calling uh, your friends or anybody else all the time. So I'm kind of interested, uh, uh, Ralph, uh, could everybody uh, who's watching this raise your hands if you have a cell phone? Wow. Look, that's almost everybody. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I could see a lot of faces. Thank you. Uh, it's, uh, virtually everybody uh, has, so that's uh, extraordinary. Uh, and uh, that's really not true of every place in the world uh, because there are very many places still today where they don't have cell phone service. So uh, it's, it's troublesome 
that we still haven't completed the job of making cell phones available to everybody. There are a lot of places where you can't even uh, uh, get a cell phone. But overall, do you know that there are more cell phones in the world today than there are people? There has never been an invention like, uh, like the cell phone where over a period of some 40 or 50 years, uh, we've gone from no cell phones at all to more than eight billion cell phones in the world. So uh, it, if you wanna know about a technological revolution, that's what the cell phone was. That is absolutely incredible. And when you guys first made that call, was one of the students asked this, and I know you've been asked this in previous years, because there were two cell phones made, right, that your, you and your team had made, and one of them did not work. And how much was the cost to make each one of those cell phones? Well, uh, let me point out first, Ralph, before, <laughs> before we talk about those first cell phones, why did we do that? Why did we do a, make a cell phone in the first place? The, the Bell System was the biggest company in the world. And if they had prevailed, if they were successful, we would not have cell phones today. We would have car phones. So we had to convince the world that the cell phone was practical, that it was possible to build such a thing. Uh, and I took, uh, uh, gathered together all of the best engineers in our company, and we managed over a period of, of three months to put together uh, all of the technologies that was required. And I have to show you what that first cell phone looks like. Here it is. Could you, could you wow. imagine? Could you the imagine? First cell phone. There you go. This with you yeah, all the time. This thing weighed over two pounds. It had, of course, like your present cell phone, had a battery. Your present cell phones have a battery that will last a day or two. This cell phone had a battery that would last 25 minutes of talking. But that really wasn't a problem because this thing is so heavy, it weighs over two pounds, you couldn't hold it up for 25 minutes. So, uh, so uh, the only way that we could get this message to the world, and the reason we built these two phones was so that we could have a demonstration so the newspapers would announce this, so that we could convince uh, the government, the Congress uh, that this is the way to go and not the way the biggest company in the world wanted to go. And so we arranged to have a demonstration uh, in New York and then in Washington, uh, in New York, I had a, a, a radio announcer uh, with me, uh, just like you see on television now. Uh, and uh, we walked down the street uh, with me talking to show him that it was really possible to do that. And this was in New York. You know, New Yorkers are very blase people. They, uh, they don't look at you when you walk down the street, but the New Yorkers were amazed watching a person making a phone call on the street. Of course, we see that all the time now. Uh, in fact, one of the things that amazes me, I know you guys don't do this, is how many people are crossing the street uh, in traffic talking on a cell phone. Uh, if there's a dumb thing to do, that is, is the dumbest in the world. Uh, but 
uh, but everybody uses their cell phone uh, outside on the streets now, just like we did uh, 50 years ago in New York. That is so exciting. And just how much that's changed everything, you know, and, and it's, it's, I can only imagine what, what that was like. We have some student questions we're going to get your way. Um, this is Raul, and Raul had a very good question. Go ahead and unmute, my friend. Go ahead, Raul. Oh, you are still, uh, your microphone's not working, pal. There you go. Oh, nope. Raul, I'm yeah, can, can you? you okay. Here you go. Okay, thanks. Uh, my, my headphones are probably horrible. Um, so, first of all, it's, it's great to be here with you. I mean, the creator of, of, of things that, that now that the world runs on. Um, my question is, why did you um, particularly choose a um, cell phone and not something else? Why communication? Um, and did you believe it would become revolutionary or did you have your doubts at first? Well, those are two very good questions, Raul. First of all, let me tell you that we had discovered already that even a two-way radio, do you know what a two-way radio is? It's with a policeman and when a, a person in a, a concrete mixing truck, we had discovered that people could not run their businesses without being able to talk to their colleagues uh, on, on a daily basis. So we already knew how important personal communications was and, and how different that was than having uh, a, uh, a communications uh, that was, well, for example, the mail. Uh, if you send a letter to somebody, it takes days to happen. And that's how people did things uh, in those days. So we knew how important uh, communications was. Uh, your, your second question is, uh, what, remind me. Yeah, um, no problem. Like, it was, did, did you know it would become revolutionary? Oh, yes. Yeah. First of all, we absolutely knew that someday everybody would have a cell phone. We told a joke then that someday when you were born, you would be assigned a phone number. And if you didn't answer the phone, you would die. So we knew that everybody was going to have a phone. Could we ever imagine that a phone would have a camera in it and that you would have data in the phone that you would have, have access to the internet? There was no internet. So we didn't imagine any of those things but we knew that the phone was going to be universal, that everybody was going to have one. And as I mentioned before, that's almost true today. Uh, there, there are more phones in the world than there are uh, people, even though there are still uh, many millions of people uh, that uh, don't have phones. What's interesting, Raul, is that even in places like Africa, there are no landline phones in many areas of Africa, and yet they have as many cell phones as we do. So uh, it really has been revolutionary. That's incredible. Um, so we'll just jump right into some more student questions. This is Blanca, and Blanca had a really interesting question. Uh, go ahead and ask. Uh, I would like to ask if at first people turned down your idea, or they were, or they totally agree with you, they were open to the idea of the telephone. 
so Martin, I'm not sure if you heard that. She wants to know, uh, was there any doubters that you guys had in your field when you guys set out on this journey to create something that had never been created before? Oh, Blanca, you cannot imagine. What a good question that you just asked. Uh, nobody believed us. Nobody believed that we could ever have a phone that you could carry with you and then you could move around. They didn't even think that people would be interested in such a, a phone. So we were fighting not only uh, creating a new technology they had never done before, but we were also fighting the lack of belief, the skepticism of people not believing that such a thing was necessary. And you know that's even true today. Whenever you come up with something new, there are always doubters. There are always people who just don't believe you. Uh, and that's the biggest problem we inventors have. We come up with all these great ideas uh, and uh, people say, oh, well, we're not interested in that. We're going through that now with virtual reality. Uh, someday, virtual reality, augmented reality, uh, I suspect that uh, many of you know what those things are. Uh, and uh, there are people who are saying, oh, that's never going to become uh, popular. Well, it takes time for these things. And the biggest obstacle we have inventors, we inventors have is the fact that people don't believe. They don't have the vision of how things can change. So uh, it, it, uh, we're not going to have real virtual, uh, virtual reality until every one of you is out of the real world when you're in your 30s and 40s and you're all working you're going to find that virtual reality is going to be a fundamental part of your life but it takes so long for an invention to become popular well yours definitely took off and we can say that and so to go back before because we got a few questions about this what was the cost of the original phone the cost of production just to produce one of those trial phones well, uh, think about it. In order to make that phone, I had to get to gather together uh, uh, 30 engineers. Uh, we had to bring technology from other parts of the company. So those first two phones probably cost us a uh, million dollars a piece. And that was in 1973. So today that would be uh, even more than that. So uh, even though the uh, first cell phone was uh, my idea, I was really lucky to be at a company where the management allowed us to spend money on uh, uh, creating a new product like that. And yet it, uh, we demonstrated that photo in 1973. It took us 10 years. Can you imagine that? 10 years before we could sell a phone like that to somebody uh, and have them use it. Uh, it, it, you just don't realize how long it takes to make a, a phone that you could build, not for a million dollars a piece, but even in 1983, this phone uh, would have cost uh, 10 or $15,000. And yet we still managed to sell a lot of them. And today, as you know, you can buy a, a cell phone for uh, 50 or $100. Uh, and, uh, 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 you uh, gain all of the advantages that you can get out of a cell phone. That is just absolutely wild to pay $15,000 for a cell phone. Um, we have Paleo. Paleo, you had a, a pretty good question. We'll go with a few more questions. I'm going to let you go, Marty. Um, go ahead, Paleo. 
Uh, hello, Martin. Uh, I'm nice to meet you, and I have a question. How did you feel when you did the first call and you saw that it works? What was the feeling that you had when the first call, when it worked, when you finally confirmed that it worked? Well, well you'll be surprised. You know, you would think that I, I would believe I was making history. Uh, no, what I was thinking was, oh, I hope this phone works. Because if uh, the, the uh, technology we used was brand new, and these phones, two phones we made kept breaking all the time. So while I was talking to this newspaper reporter, well, all that was in my mind was, please don't let this phone break right in the middle of my demonstration. So uh, uh, it, it turns out it took years before we realized that really that was a historical moment. And you, and you now, and you guys can Google this, it's called Cooper's Law. I wanted to know what is that like to have an actual uh, like law like named after you when it comes to like radio, uh, radio communications? Well, Cooper's Law is kind of a complicated thing, yeah, but one of the things that the skeptics, you know, the people, that, the non-believers said that, well, there's no way that we could have enough radio channels. And that every time you make a phone call, you're using a radio channel. And they said there were just not enough radio channels to serve enough people to make this new technology useful. Uh, and I told them, no, you have not looked at the history. We engineers have been making the uh, new radio channels available uh, twice as many channels uh, every 18 months for 100 years since Marconi, uh, who invented radio uh, back around uh, 1800. And the technology was going to keep improving. And uh, still today, there are people that don't believe me, but the number of radio channels available, that's a very technical issue, uh, is still doubling uh, every year and a half. Uh, and we are not only going to have many more cell phones, we are going to be doing virtual reality, as I described before, uh, and all kinds of new applications that are going to revolutionize education, that are going to make people healthier, that are, are going to eliminate poverty because they are going to make accomplishing things much more efficient. And shout out to Marconi, shout out to our Italian friends who are on here right now. Uh, hopefully you guys have studied quite a bit on, on him. And so if you guys want to learn more about um, Martin and, and his inventing endeavors, definitely check out dynallc.com. It's in the chat. And we have a lot of great upcoming learning events to help inspire and help you guys dream. So definitely check those out in the chat. So Marty, before we let you go, is there any advice that you can give to these kids as they go off into the world and they kind of figure out what they want to do with their lives? Well, uh, I have to tell you this. Uh, uh, the most important thing in my life today, uh, I hate to uh, uh, talk about how old I am, uh, but you guys can all read about that, <laughs> uh, so I can't fool you. Uh, but I'm 93 years old, and the most important thing in my life today is learning new things. Uh, I read uh, constantly. I uh, uh, work with other people, try to understand 
new things, new technology, new ideas. The most important thing in my life uh, is to come up with some new idea that maybe somebody else didn't think of before. So if I had any advice to anybody, it is don't ever stop learning. Don't ever stop reaching out and being curious and trying to understand more and more things because the more things you understand, the more opportunity you have to do more, to expand yourself, to make an impact on life, to change the world. Every one of you can change the world, can, uh, whether it's inventing or teaching uh, or uh, uh, serving people in any of, of thousands of different ways, you can make a difference in society. Uh, and the only way you can do that is by learning new things, expanding your business, uh, and becoming a, a, a much stronger citizen. I hope you take my advice seriously. We absolutely will. And we can't thank you enough. Like you are truly a mentor of mine. I've looked up to you for many, many years and I feel very fortunate enough to know you and uh, be connected with you. So before we leave, before I end this meeting for everybody, I'm, I'm gonna close the meeting for everyone. But before we do, I'm gonna allow everyone to say thank you to Marty. Thank you. Thank you.